Welcome to the B'nai B'rith International Podcast. I'm CEO Dan Mariashin. Thank you for tuning in today. And while you're settling in, be sure to visit our website, b'naibrith.org, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. The easiest way to get the latest episode is to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Play on your smartphone. We are pleased to welcome to the podcast today two Benebrith International staffers. We've got our Director of United Nations and Intercommunal Affairs, David Michaels, and Program Officer for United Nations Affairs, Oren Drury. Next week, the 72nd session of the United Nations General Assembly will be convening at UN headquarters in New York, and B'nai B'rith will be on the scene, leading a delegation through dozens of meetings with world leaders. I'll be on the ground for those meetings, as will a number of our senior B'nai B'rith leaders. And David and Oren are going to break down what we're expecting and what we're going to be talking about in these meetings. David, Oren, welcome to the program. Good to be with you, Dan. Thanks, Dan. David, let's uh, begin really with the obvious uh, question. Um, what uh, do you see happening with the opening? What's the significance? What to look out for at the start of the General Assembly session this year? And what do you think the focus will be? Uh, well, uh, Dan, as you know, the, the UN uh, functions in a variety of uh, hubs around the world and certainly here in New York at headquarters throughout the year. Uh, what's different about uh, the second or third week of uh, September uh, with the GA uh, starting on the, the 12th and, and what's called the general debate beginning on the 19th uh, is that we have uh, essentially a parade of world leaders uh, descending uh, on Manhattan as if uh, traffic weren't bad enough the rest of the year in September. It, it, it becomes uh, practically impossible to, uh, to navigate unless you are uh, head of state or, or head of government. Uh, so uh, this is a chance really for two things. One is public and one is private. Uh, publicly, uh, the, the heads of delegation, again, at whatever level, whether foreign minister, president, prime minister, uh, uh, other uh, dignitaries, uh, they'll uh, take the, uh, the rostrum of, of the General Assembly Hall uh, here at headquarters. Uh, each uh, officially has 15 minutes, although uh, many of them go far beyond uh, those 15 minutes. Uh, to, uh, to talk about their priorities, to talk about the uh, designated uh, UN priorities uh, at the time, of, and, and certainly for the, the year of the General Assembly uh, session uh, commencing. Uh, and uh, in so doing, they have their chance to, to have uh, five minutes uh, of, of being central stage uh, on, the, on the world stage, and, and also to have that image projected back uh, to their domestic audiences back home. So that's that's more publicly. Privately, uh, each of these heads of delegation and all of their uh, subordinates, uh, uh, foreign uh, ministry uh, officials, officials and prime minister's offices and so on, uh, take the opportunity to have uh, countless bilateral meetings uh, with American officials, with uh, UN bureaucrats, uh, with uh, diplomats uh, representing any number of other countries uh, represented uh, here in town uh, during the GA opening. So this year, uh, I'd say that there are a few uh, key things to look out for. Uh, to begin with, it's very, very clear uh, that attention will be on, uh, on the American president, on, on President Trump, as he arrives uh, for the first time uh, as American head of delegation, he'll be 
uh, one of the first uh, few speakers on, on Tuesday uh, the 19th, uh, and his speech will be very closely watched. One of the few speeches to have a, a packed house uh, in the General Assembly Hall. Uh, in addition, uh, this year, you have a number of other officials who notably either are coming, in some cases for the first time, uh, or aren't coming. Uh, uh, President Macron of France will be making his first appearance uh, as French head of state this year. This is the first uh, General Assembly opening presided over by the new UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres. Uh, and, and that said, uh, some very, very uh, key world leaders like uh, President Putin of, of Russia, like uh, President Xi of China, uh, like Modi uh, of India, uh, these, as of the current moment, do not plan personally to attend this year, uh, and so they'll be represented by by some subordinates. Uh, was there a is there a focus, uh, for example, uh, you know, when the Organization of American States meets every year, they have a, a, a special topic that uh, um, the member states kind of coalesce around and make their presentations focused on that. Of course, the the UN has so much business. Um, and right now, internationally, uh, for example, uh, North Korea is on everyone's mind. Um, how, how do those issues affect the business of the opening of the General Assembly, or, or don't they? Well, uh, and, and Oren can, can jump in uh, at any time, and, and particularly as we, we segue to, to B'nai B'rith's uh, very uh, active and dynamic engagement this time of year in New York. Um, I, I'd answer it uh, in, in two respects. Uh, one, there, there's the official focus, and certainly there's a litany uh, of, of items, both uh, new and uh, recurring from year to year. Uh, this year, uh, after uh, the general debate, the high-level period, uh, the General Assembly members will be talking about human trafficking. They'll be talking about nuclear nonproliferation, which, which certainly applies uh, very much to that uh, that issue of, of uh, North Korea's uh, capacities uh, build up. Um, uh, you know, the SDGs, uh, uh, Sustainable Development Goals, climate change issues, these are things that are spoken about pretty much every year uh, in New York and, and throughout the year in, in many hubs of activity for the UN. But th there's no question uh, this month in September uh, that we're going to be seeing a tremendous amount of focus on the North Korean crisis, uh, a tremendous amount of focus, although waning uh, for better uh, or for worse, on the Syrian conflict, on the, the continuing threat posed by ISIS and other uh, Islamic uh, terrorist uh, groups. Uh, some discussion, certainly if the United States has its way, on the Iranian uh, nuclear program and Iran's uh, destabilizing uh, policies in the Middle East more broadly. Uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu uh, will be speaking on the same morning uh, in the General Assembly Hall as uh, President Trump. Uh, he, he's speaking earlier than he might have so that he can get back to, uh, to Israel for, uh, for Rosh Hashanah, for the Jewish New Year. Uh, and President Trump is expected to meet separately both with Prime Minister Netanyahu and with uh, President Abbas of the Palestinian Authority probably the next day, uh, Wednesday. So a lot of focus on the Middle East, uh, but this year 
uh, a lot of focus on on Asia and the and the Korean uh, Peninsula as well. Uh, Oren, the General Assembly has a deplorable record when it comes to Israel-related issues. Um, what what kinds of not at the, necessarily the opening of the General Assembly, but what issues will the General Assembly be considering over the next few months uh, that um, uh, would be in that, uh, in that category of what we would call Israel-related resolutions? Uh, for example, uh, the budgeting uh, of uh, the so-called uh, special Palestinian committees. Where, where will that be going? Uh, well, uh, there, there's uh, two kind of ways to look at it. The the first uh, and kind of the the most pressing sometimes is what will the Palestinians uh, be uh, doing? What will uh, Mahmoud Abbas, uh, president of the Palest uh, Palestinian Authority, uh, what will he say during his speech at the General Assembly that will kind of, he, he has used that speech in the past to kind of uh, Put out the their plans for for the next year, uh, and then that's kind of taken on by the General Assembly, or uh, you know, uh, taken on at the Security Council. Um, it kind of has depended on on that for some things. Um, so that's kind of uh, you know something that's a bit of uh, we don't know at this point. The Israelis uh, are also have said they don't know uh, if there's any. Major plans. They, you know, the the Palestinians have uh, been keeping it close to the vest, and uh, you know, there's been rumors, but nobody knows uh, what he, what uh, Abbas will say this year, and what um, what that will mean at the General Assembly. If there will be, you know, more more attempts uh, for you know expanded status, or you know, joining other uh, organizations. Uh, so that's one one issue, and then there's the Kind of yearly issues that uh, come as you know uh, fairly regularly. Um, there is the uh, the issue that uh, we we have pay particularly close attention to, which is the the bureaucratic organs of the UN, the Committee for the Exercise on of the Inalienable Rights of the Palestinian People, the Division for Palestinian Rights and the Special Committee to Investigate Israeli Practices. Uh, these are uh, committees that uh, count in their budgets, you know, millions of dollars uh, that uh, is uh, from the UN budget. So uh, every member state that pays into the UN budget is contributing to these uh, organs that uh, then basically forward Palestinian propaganda and the Palestinian narrative at the UN. Uh, so those are the those are the big culprits. Those are the ones with uh, money behind it. Uh, and then there's, uh, in addition to that, there's probably another fifteen to twenty, uh, you know, resolutions that are, you know, com that aren't binding in any way, but are condemnatory of uh, Israel for, you know, various. Uh, supposed infractions, uh, and whereas uh, another country uh, would maybe see one resolution a year, Israel is seeing you know twenty, and every little issue is turned into its own resolution. Uh, whereas Iran, uh, a grave violator of uh, human rights and a destabilizing influence throughout the world, 
has uh, one resolution a year, and uh, that resolution sees a much closer vote tally than any of the Israeli-related uh, resolutions. So in that context, uh, David, in what way does Ben Eberth engage uh, as uh, the new General Assembly session launches next week? What, um, what, what's on tap uh, for B'nai B'rith, and what are the issues that we'll be discussing when we get to New York? Well, uh, you know, this, this really, we're, we're kicking into uh, to high gear and high season uh, here in New York. Uh, B'nai B'rith, uh, as you and, and our listeners know, uh, really stands out in, in the advocacy that we do in Washington and New York and Geneva and Paris and, and really uh, across so much of the, the globe where we have a presence and where in some cases we have uh, permanent representatives. Uh, but in September, we have an exceptional opportunity to interact directly with the highest level of uh, so many uh, governments in, in Europe, in, in Latin America, uh, parts of the Middle East. Uh, B'nai B'rith is an NGO. We're, we're not a sovereign state. We don't represent a government. We're very broad uh, in uh, the issues that we care about and our interests. Um, but we, because of our history, because of our name recognition, and because of our record of work at the UN, uh, we've been able to, uh, and we're grateful for, uh, a degree of access uh, to decision makers, in this case, including uh, heads of state and government, uh, that few uh, can claim to have. And so while we don't uh, uh, and can't expect to change that uh, reality, that very difficult and very discouraging re reality at the UN that Oren uh, just described uh, overnight, uh, we believe that Israel's reality at the UN would be even worse without the efforts at the highest level, but at other levels as well, uh, by B'nai B'rith, not only by Israeli diplomats, by American diplomats, by, by our friends and allies around the world, uh, but also by B'nai B'rith and our partners in the Jewish community uh, uh, each September and at other uh, major occasions on, on the UN calendar. So in terms of the, we'll, we'll be meeting with, with what we hope will be, uh, uh, notwithstanding uh, the frequent problem, and it applies this year as well, of, of Jewish holiday, major Jewish holidays coinciding uh, with the General Assembly opening, we do hope to meet with uh, tens or, or dozens uh, of heads of delegation and foreign ministers uh, from around the world, and we'll be, you know, trying to maximize the limited time that we have with each of these officials. We'll be talking about uh, our support for a genuine, uh, credible, lasting, and comprehensive peace between Israel and all of its neighbors. Uh, we don't believe that conflict is inevitable. We know that Israel was eager uh, to make peace with Egypt, to make peace with Jordan. It's been eager to make peace uh, with the Palestinians. It has no cause for conflict with the Lebanese or with the Iranians or with anyone else. And so we want to emphasize that uh, and to uh, emphasize to our interlocutors that if only uh, Israel's, the other side uh, of the equation in the Middle East, Israel, those who should be Israel's partners for peace, Israel's neighbors, would come to terms uh, with uh, the existence of a democratic Jewish state uh, in their region, uh, we believe that progress uh, and peace 
really could be possible. So we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about the Iranian nuclear program. Uh, we'll be talking about Iran's uh, continuing state support for terrorism and terrorists, beginning with Hezbollah. Uh, which is expanding its presence uh, across Israel's northern border, now uh, not only in Lebanon, but in Syria as well, on the, the other uh, side of, of the Golan Heights. Uh, we'll be talking about issues of global anti-Semitism and, and discrimination more generally. Uh, so it's, it's a very, very full agenda. Uh, in the case of individual meetings, uh, there may be uh, bilateral issues specific uh, to that relationship. Uh, but uh, it's a very, very full uh, uh, plate uh, uh, in front of us in each of these uh, appointments. Uh, and we know from past experience that while progress may be slow in coming, uh, over time, the outreach really does have an effect. Well, I think also you have to take into account uh, some of the hopeful signs um, in terms of um, Israel's new relationships, growing relationships, reestablished relationships in some cases uh, in the Middle East and in, um, in Africa, um, Latin America. Um, and hopefully um, these new developments will, will also have an impact on some of the voting at the UN. Of course, it's, uh, uh, we've been uh, discouraged for, for so long that uh, there's a, a tendency uh, sometimes to, to hold back on one's enthusiasm about this. But that's always a possibility. It's one other um, item because we're now approaching the opening of the General Assembly, but uh, come March, uh, we uh, then move um, uh, the, uh, the venue of, of our activity uh, or this kind of public diplomacy uh, to Geneva. And um, maybe you, uh, David or Oren, you may want to say a word about that before we end because um, we certainly will be back to do another program about the UN Human Rights Council, which is based in Geneva. So looking ahead, what do you see there? Well, uh, certainly that's the case. And March is the, the main of the three, the primary of the three uh, regular uh, annual sessions of the Human Rights Council. Uh, we watch it very closely, but uh, I'm, I'm glad you raise it uh, because, uh, in fact, uh, the council is holding a session this month. September is one of the three times that the, that the council meets. Uh, and just as Oren described uh, uh, the very uh, troubling uh, and off-kilter uh, circumstances, the very politicized and unfair and unconstructive uh, circumstances with regard to Israel uh, here at the General Assembly in New York, the same applies, and perhaps even more so, uh, and it may be even more troubling considering the uh, uh, the importance, uh, the urgency of, of, of the issues that that body is, is tasked with, with addressing. Uh, it, it certainly applies as much so at the Human Rights Council in Geneva. So even as this month we'll be seeing uh, focus on uh, any number of issues uh, from, uh, you know, Burma to uh, really, I mean, countries uh, all across the world, Latin America, uh, Asia, uh, certainly Africa, um, uh, and, and a bit in the Middle East as well. The council never misses an opportunity uh, to make clear uh, the extent to which it's been hijacked for partisan political purposes, and as, as Oren put it, for propaganda purposes. Uh, the council, uh, as we've spoken about uh, 
uh, in, in past discussions uh, of, of Orrin, how, how many items on the agenda? Nine or ten, uh, I yeah. think. Uh, has only one agenda item, item seven, dedicated to one small democracy, the only democracy in the Middle East, Israel, uh, while every other uh, member state, every other one of the 192 uh, or there are 193, all of the other 192 member states of the UN are addressed collectively uh, and in many cases where most needed, not adequately uh, by the council. Uh, so we see that every session um, uh, we, we continue to look to, to uh, US diplomats and, and to other to representatives of other friendly demo democracies to call out the body on its hypocrisy uh, on its unfairness, uh, on its misuse. Uh, and I'd say that one thing that we can expect, uh, I certainly would not be one to, uh, to offer any other uh, uh, predictions uh, at this point, but one thing that we really can expect uh, in President Trump's uh, speech uh, here this month is a, an echoing of the kinds of sentiments uh, offered repeatedly by the American ambassador here, Nikki Haley, who said that uh, that this all has to change, uh, the system has to be reformed. We're not even talking about reform anymore. Reform is something that, that's been aspired to uh, uh, on a number of occasions over the course of years and decades, and it hasn't been anywhere near adequate, especially in Geneva. So something that uh, we hope and we know that American and other diplomats uh, we'll be re-emphasizing this month, both in New York and in Geneva, is that uh, uh, ganging up on Israel uh, and maligning Israel doesn't only do damage uh, to that one country itself, and that would be bad enough, but it does fundamental and lasting damage to the UN as a whole, and that's something that none of us should be willing to abide. Right, and that's a, a message that uh, we really have been uh, reiterating uh, time and again in these meetings over, over so long. You know, we're talking now about the opening of the General Assembly uh, next week, uh, but it's against the backdrop of B'nai B'rith, as you said uh, earlier in your opening comments, David, that uh, it's against the backdrop of our having been present in San Francisco when the UN was founded in 1945 and receiving our first uh, official UN credentials as a non-governmental organization, an NGO, in 1947. And, opening a full-time office on UN Affairs, first one in the Jewish community back in 1960. So it's against that backdrop and that tradition of our being proactive and our being advocates for, for Israel and for human rights that we get ready uh, to engage in um, these uh, meetings of public diplomacy uh, coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, thanks again for joining us for the Benebrith International Podcast. Uh, thank you, David, and thank you, Oren. Uh, please visit our website, benebrith.org, like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, subscribe on your smartphone through the Apple Podcasts app for iPhone or through Google Play for Android. And lastly, tell a friend about us. For David Michaels and Oren Drury, I'm Dan Mary Ashen. We'll talk to you next time on the B'nai B'rith International Podcast.